0: Welcome to Season 4 of the Basics of Life Conversations.
1: John's in prison, hears about what Jesus is doing. John wants to know, should we look for someone else? And Jesus points out to John's messengers, hey, there have been some lives that have been radically transformed. It's a blessing for those who refrain from being offended by me. And my methods, Jesus was communicating.
0: Today on the Basics of Life Conversations, my guest is the bearded one, Pastor Nate Holdridge. I love this guy. I love his heart. He's a great Bible teacher. And Nate is continuing our Hard Sayings of Jesus series. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, if you want to turn there. It's a passage that has confused many. And so we're going to jump into this conversation right now with Nate Holdridge.
1: So great to be with you. I've admired you and your ministry for so many years, so always love a chance to connect with you, brother.
0: Absolutely. I feel the same way about you. And we are in the midst of this series that we're looking at the hard sayings of Jesus. And today you're going to be unpacking for us Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, a passage that I know has really confused many. So why don't you uh, read that for us and then start, just give us the context and what in the world Jesus is talking
1: about. Absolutely. Yeah, Matthew 11, verse 12, Jesus speaking said, from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force that's from the english standard version that i'm reading from uh there and uh yeah you're right that has been a confusing verse for a lot of people for a lot of years and i i i don't know if i'm going to add to the confusion or not today (laughs) rob this is a tough one okay (laughs) Basically, there are four options for the interpretation that we would land on. And what it all hinges on are the Greek words for violence in the first phrase and violent in the second phrase. So what is the violence that's done to the kingdom and who are the violent and what are they taking by force so that's kind of the question
0: okay. break it down for us buddy break it down let's hear it.
1: yeah so so if you if you think about it those two clauses you basically have each clause can have there's two options so the, each clause can be either negative in its interpretation or positive in its interpretation so that means that the first option is that both phrases have a negative meaning. So what that would mean is that it's something like this. God's kingdom has endured violence from others and violent people keep hurting God's kingdom. All right. Okay. So that's one interpretation. Both phrases are uh, negative. So, you know, the idea of that would be that, Hey, in the kingdom, just like john the baptist was in prison at the time that jesus was speaking he sent some messengers who were asking questions uh, on his behalf because he was imprisoned john's kind of like hey jesus what's the deal are are you the one or do we look for another you know are you going to spring me from uh the the joint or what like what's happening and jesus says something according to this negative slash negative interpretation hey it's always been hard in the kingdom (laughs) the kingdom gets persecuted and there's violent people out there who are attacking the kingdom. All right. The second line of interpretation actually goes in the opposite direction and says both phrases are actually positive in nature. And I kind of like this interpretation. My heart is a little bit inclined to it because I like the idea of being aggressive and getting after it. So the idea of this interpretation would be, well, God's kingdom, it comes forcefully so it's god's kingdom that is forceful and violent and those who are forceful so we're the ones rolling up their sleeves and getting down to business they're the ones that are expanding god's kingdom and then the lesser uh received interpretations would be to then break up The phrases and say well one is positive and the other is negative or vice versa so some would say god's kingdom has come forcefully but there's violent people that keep hurting god's kingdom or god's kingdom has endured violence from others that's true but those who are forceful keep expanding god's kingdom but a lot of people reject those interpretations because it's just kind of a strange flow of logic it seems like both phrases mean the same thing, or have the same tone. So is Jesus saying something positive, or Jesus, or is Jesus saying uh, something negative? You, you can see these views represented if you just like flipped through comparing other Bible translations, like if somebody opened up their Bible app on their phone, and they just kind of checked out, you know, three or four different translations of this verse, you get both views represented in modern translations. So for the negative one, check out what the NIV says. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding the kingdom. Okay. Right. So that's the negative, right. negative view. The positive, positive view you find in the New Living Translation. It says, and from the time that John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. So that's actually the positive, negative, negative right. view. Okay. Yeah. So I listened to this podcast, Rob, that's uh, I'm a big baseball fan. I know you are too. Yeah. You know, our, we're both grieving the, the loss yes. our, our Dodgers recently <laughs> suffered not to put a timestamp on this podcast, <laughs> but, uh, I listened to this podcast that where they preview every team before the season starts with a local beat reporter that covers that team. And at the end of previewing the team, they put this the reporter on the spot and they say, so how many wins do you think this team is gonna yeah. get this next year, you know? And it's just so fun to watch these reporters just wriggle in their seats. You know, they just do not want to answer the question. And I kind of feel that way when being asked, Hey, what does this verse mean? (laughs) It's like, I'm happy to tell you all the possible interpretations. And like I said, my heart wants the positive, positive interpretation. I love the idea that the kingdom has been forcefully advancing and that forceful people can continue to advance the kingdom. And I think there's a lot of uh, biblical truth that's wrapped up in that potential interpretation. I think there's other passages of scripture that you could go to to see that exemplified. I mean, Paul was the kind of guy who's like, man, the grace of God came into my life. I've been working harder than all the other apostles. I've been getting after it. So the, that kind of concept is definitely in the New Testament. And when you go to Luke 16 for the parallel passage of this, which is kind of from a different context, so I don't think it totally compares, but there Jesus said, the kingdom is preached and everyone forces his way into it. It's kind mm-hmm. of the idea of like yeah. rushing toward uh, the kingdom, but that's just a different context. And I think that where I've got to land is, you know, if I, if I'm forced to pick, which is what you're doing on this podcast is, (laughs) I gotta remind
0: you, you picked this verse,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you threw it out there. It's kind of like you challenged me. It was like a mono and mono challenge. You know, you're like, Hey, this is the hardest one, but here's some other ones you could do if you want to wuss out. So (laughs) I had to step up to the plate on this one. I think I got to go with the negative, negative interpretation and for me the kicker is the context you know john was in prison Mm -hmm. when jesus spoke this and jesus was talking to the crowds about john and john was about to die in prison that to me helps us with adopting the negative view. John is about to suffer violence. Mm. John is about to die. John is about to. The greatest man, according to Jesus, up until that point, uh, is going to suffer and die. So that kind of helps with the negative view. The phrase, take it by force, is usually used In a negative way that's not usually used in a positive way and that's the same with the phrase the violent that's usually not a positive connotation it's something negative. So there's Jesus he's teaching and preaching in the disciples cities he'd sent them out and then he went and preached in their cities john's in prison hears about what Jesus is doing john wants to know should we look for someone else. And Jesus points out to John's messengers, Hey, there've been some lives that have been radically transformed. It's a blessing for those who refrain from being offended by me and my methods. Jesus was communicating. And then Jesus, after the messengers left, he starts talking about John and he's like, John was an unshakable reed. John was rugged. He didn't wear soft clothing. John was a prophet. John was more than a prophet. John was a messenger that prepares the way for the Messiah. All this made John greater than everyone. But by way of contrast, Jesus said, the least in the kingdom are greater than John. We might not be unshakable. We might not be rugged. We might not be prophetic people with a a once-in-a-lifetime ministry. But we're great because we're in by grace, by the gospel, Mm. we're in the kingdom. So, we're like the blind and the lame and the unclean and the deaf and the dead and the poor that Jesus had just told John's messengers, Hey, go tell John about what Mm -hmm. I'm doing in the lives of these people. So, to me, what Jesus is saying then is, Hey, I'm working in the lives of all these people that aren't strong, aren't powerful, aren't dominant. And John, I know it's a shock to you and your system and you want to be offended by the, my whole style of ministry and what I'm doing here. I haven't called down fire. I haven't, you know, vanquished the Romans. I haven't driven out the Pharisees. I haven't killed Herod. I haven't delivered you from prison, but don't be offended by that. The reality of the kingdom is that violent people are constantly oppressing the kingdom, violent forces are attacking the kingdom and. This is just the reality. We're going to to be under that kind of pressure. And then the context after it, Jesus immediately following said, the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he's Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the prophets, the law, John and Elijah, they all came by force with force and are received by the forceful, but they also all suffered violence. Right. Every one of them, the law was abused by the Pharisees. John is abused. Elijah was abused uh, by Ahab and the, you know, prophets of their day and all their adherents, John's disciples, the adherents of the law, Elijah, they all continued to suffer violence. So that to me is is where Jesus is going, that he's just saying, look, I know the kingdom is great. But this might be a shock to you, John, and everyone else, but the kingdom is going to suffer. And, you know, of course, like I said about the other interpretation, you can find Bible passages that would support that. There's, of course, plenty of scriptures that would support the idea that the church will endure persecution. You know, Paul said that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So to me, this is the natural conclusion. The church is going to endure hostility, and it's just going to be a nat- the nature of the beast, the nature right. of who we are, our identity in him. So hopefully I gave it to you clearly.
0: Hey man, I think you knocked it out of the park. I would totally agree with you on that. And I think it's interesting that, and, and we've seen this already in a couple of these hard saying is sayings, is that I think to the people who Jesus was talking to in, in that context in the first century, this wouldn't have been as hard of a thing for them to grasp, because they were already seeing the persecution. They were already seeing the difficulty of what it meant for them, being a, a Jewish person, to suddenly begin to follow a Jesus as the Messiah. Especially, you know, after the resurrection, that they they got this like, oh, I'm, we're suffering and we're experiencing violence and we're experiencing the, you know, the 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 enemy and the forces of you know darkness and the religious leaders and whatever coming against mm-hmm. us. I think it's a little more challenging in our, especially in our American. American context, because we're so prone to, until just recently, you know, be in this place where we feel like, oh, yeah, I mean, everybody's a Christian here, and like, it's, you know, what, what do you mean? And and we're so, um, you know, prone to kind of cap on the other end of that. And we want to hold on to like, hey, where Jesus said, you know, the the gates of hell are not going to prevail against, um, you know, the church. And, and so um, it's harder for us. But you go to like Iran or some of these other places where, you know, they're suffering radical persecution. They're like, oh, yeah, I totally get this. I'm living this right now. You know, that's totally their experience. And so I think this becomes in some ways a, a cultural thing in being a hard Saying for some, but I think you know. I think you hit the nail on the head as far as um, you know what Jesus was getting at here. So I, I really appreciate your answer, and I, I think this also can be taken out of context. Even you know, like oh, the violence, take it by force. Um, that that could be somebody's reasoning for let's storm the Capitol, You know, and that <laughs> they're equating. You know, hey, that's our that's the kingdom. You know, and that that whole type of thing. But um, I, I think you're. So let me ask you this. How, how can we take this though in, in the interpretation you know that you gave which I think is the right interpretation of this so bring this circle this around and let's bring it into okay and, and let's put it in the context in which we live the American life what does this mean for us um, who are definitely not experiencing this to the degree to the degree that others are in other countries but but, what does this mean to me, Nate, on a practical level, as a follower of Christ, daily base on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, I, I I think one great answer to that question is that it it brings us back to the centrality of the cross mm-hmm. in being not only our way of salvation, but it also provides for us our methodology for our mission. Yeah you know, Peter, when he wrote first Peter, what did he do? He continually talked to those believers about, Hey, they're saying bad things about you. You're being marginalized. They're slandering you. They're saying all these things you're feeling threatened. You're being pushed to the fringe of society. But what did Peter keep doing? He kept holding out Jesus and how Jesus behaved Mm -hmm. when he was slandered, when he was put on the cross, when he endured suffering. So I think in a sense, it just kind of brings us back to hey how did our lord respond when he had to experience the violence that came and actually because he endured that violence he won the greatest victory that could be won and a lot of times we tell ourselves well it's going to be through my um, defense of myself my fight for myself you know all of those things when it comes to the kingdom church, you know, reality, the gospel mission, it's going to be my fight that gets the job done when really Jesus, he died and that, and the victory came that way. And Peter seems to highlight that over and over again. Like if you live this kind of way, if you endure suffering without talking back without, uh, you know, and not for sin, you know, if you endure that way, eventually they're going to be asking you for a reason for the hope that is within you. So be ready to give an answer when that moment comes. So maybe maybe it helps us a little bit with um, just kind of embracing the, the the methodology of the cross for the ministry that we're trying to do in our modern age.
0: Yeah, I love that. Very well said. And I think so many of these hard sayings, you know, the one you're dealing with today, some of the ones that we're going to be dealing with in coming weeks— are a reminder to us, and I think it's something that we don't talk about so much in, in our American culture, is that there's a cost to following Jesus. And, yeah. you know, that it, 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 it's not going to be easy. And I think that um, should the Lord tarry, we're probably going to experience that a lot more here in uh our american culture that we're going to be facing that you know hey to to name the name of christ it's going to cost me something you know more than just somebody looking at me crossways you know or uh you know looking at you know calling me a a bad name or something like that um and, and that was one of the things that that jesus just seemed to make you know very very clear over and over again that um, you know, to follow me, there's, there's a cost and you gotta, you gotta count the cost. And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think we're living at a day and age where there, there's going to be sort of a separation, um, happening for those who are true, real, you know, real, true followers of Jesus.
1: Yeah. I was at a dinner the other night with a group of Christian friends. And as I'm sure you've experienced from time to time, you know, there you are in safe company. And, and we were just kind of bemoaning the state of affairs, you know, <laughs> yeah. in our modern world. And one of the, uh, one of my friends, she just said, gosh, it just, it's so crazy. It's so discouraging where, you know, for instance, like human sexuality and the view of gender and all of that, right. it's just so discouraging where it's going. And I just kind of immediately jumped in and said, I get that but it's also to me incredibly exciting Yeah. because in 20 years time, the church is going to either be legit or it's not going to be around. (laughs) You know, there's going to be no middle ground. There's going to be no cool reason for being a Christian. You're either going to be in for the right reasons or you're not going to be in.
0: Yeah. I remember years ago, um, this would be way before your time, but there was a group Christian group. I really loved, uh, called DeGarmo and Key, and uh, Dana Key was the lead singer in this group, and and I was at a concert of his, and and he made this statement. I mean, this is going back like 30 years or something, but he made this statement. He goes, a lot of people today are praying for... Revival, he says. I, I kind of think maybe we should start praying for persecution um, because every time there was a persecution, <laughs> revival was the outcome of it. And I think that's what you're saying is is true. You know, it's either gonna. I think the church will be here. It might be a little bit thinner, um, but I think it's going to be radically stronger. And should the Lord Terry, um, we're going to see God do some really, really radical things. Amen. Yeah. Hey, we have a, a little bit of time left here to tackle some of these rapid fire questions. we love to end our podcast in this way. Are you up for that? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Um, so what's the best book that you've read in the last six months and why?
1: Rob, it's so hard for me to answer this question. I I actually broke it down for you in five categories. (laughs) Devotional book, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Orton. Love that book. In the Creative World, this book called Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson.
0: Yeah. Say that again because you broke up. Just say in the creative world.
1: In the creative world, Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson. He's a Christian musician, and he just wrote wrote this beautiful book about being a creative who creates for Jesus, not necessarily Christian art, but art as a Christian. It was just really inspiring. From the cultural standpoint, uh, secular creed by Rebecca McLaughlin. I don't Mm. know if you've read her most recent book yet. She basically takes uh, those yard signs. I don't know if you've got them in your area, but we've got plenty of them in our area that people put on their front lawn that says, in this house, we believe black lives matter, love is love, women's rights are human rights. We're all immigrants and diversity makes us stronger. And she just breaks down those five things and shows the shades of the gospel that are in each phrase but the fuller and better meaning uh, you know, of each one, kind of a corrective, yeah. but an apologetic as well. The best intellectual book I've read was called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Carl Truman. Okay. That one's a heady piece, but he basically sought to answer the question, how did we get to the place over the last few thousand hundred years of human history to where a man could say, I am a woman trapped in a man's body mm-hmm. and and society thinks, yeah, that's a legitimate thing for someone to say. And uh, so he, he did a scholarly great work going all the way back to try to show how one thing led to another, which led us to this modern time where the human self is what is most important in expressing it. And then my last category is entertainment. I read, I read Jerry Seinfeld's book. Is this anything? It's every joke he's ever written just oh, in chapter form. You know, decades of jokes are just great.
0: Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Those all sound fascinating. Um, all right. here. How about this one? Who are you currently learning from?
1: Yeah. You know, w- one person came t- to mind because of a recent experience that that I had, and she's a woman called Julie Slattery. I don't know if you have mm. heard of her. She runs a ministry called Authentic Intimacy. And she recently came out with a great book called Rethinking Sexuality, which sounds much more provocative than it actually is. She basically is positing a very orthodox mm. um, and biblical version of uh, sexuality, but trying to get to the roots of why it's such a healthy, beautiful design that God has given to us. And we had her out for a weekend event at Calvary Monterey uh, where she did an event for the whole church and then she did a private training for our leadership uh, because we're just really sensing a need to be conversant mm. in uh, a lot of stuff that it's like, man, I didn't ask for all this. I don't know the terms and all of that, but so many of our people are just fluent and our, of course, our world is just fluent in a lot of these, uh, you know, new ways of thinking about sexuality. And as Christians, of course, we have the answers. So um she, I've just been, you know, reading, I've read her book. uh, I'm in my third go round right now because it's just so high quality and um, her impact on us when she came out was just really great. So we're, we're really feeling it up here, just kind of thinking through how to, how to do ministry. So this next year, I'm going to actually do like on our Wednesday night service or Tuesday night service. I'm going to do a biblical sexuality series, which Mm. is just part of what a church needs to do. Information is one you know, concept. But her, her whole thing is everybody's sexually broken mm. to one degree or another because we're fallen people. Yeah. So, how can we create an environment in our churches where people can come out of that and we can support each other as we get healthy?
0: That's great. All right, we got time for one more. Um, when it comes to the Big C church, what are you most excited about?
1: Yeah, I think it probably doubles back to what we talked about just a second ago that genuine christianity will be the only option to accomplish our gospel mission in mm-hmm. the future you know the we've turned to other answers we've 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 thought of cultural culture preservation and things like that as our mission But I'm really looking forward to the day where we really are in the sweet spot where we know, man, it's the gospel or nothing else. And so we've got to live a genuine, real Christianity where we're praying, supporting each other, learning, growing, or else we're not going to get the job done. So I'm excited about that
0: awesome awesome well bro thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today and uh just love the way you broke down that passage for us it was so awesome and uh i just really appreciate you and your heart and your ministry
1: thanks rob great hanging out with you man Yeah,
0: you too man god bless Thank you for listening to Season 4 of the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato. This season has been on the hard sayings of Jesus, and we have a lot more content coming your way. If you'd like more Christ-centered content, you can go to goodlion.io at the Good Lion Podcast Network. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to have you share it with a friend, give us a rating, or leave us a review. Stay tuned for more from the Basics of Life Conversations.